alder. Trees of many varieties grow in Ireland, naturally rooting themselves where the environment suits them best. Each species uniquely adapted to the particular conditions that have shaped their evolution. We revere majestic oaks, rooting themselves deeply in rich earth, growing impressively tall and spreading their limbs wide. We admire the elegant stature and flexible strength of ash. We celebrate holly trees for their ability to grow almost anywhere and add colour to wintry days with their lovely bright red berries. But we rarely pay much attention to alder, a tree that is looked upon as a weed, too hardy to be seen as any kind of a thing with a right to just plant themselves anywhere. In the Brehon Laws, the first written rules from 8th century Ireland, trees were assigned rankings according to their value to the people of the time. Oak, ash and holly, among others, were held in high esteem, classed as Arag Fado, nobles of the wood. But lowly alder was classed as Ahig Fado, a commoner of the wood. There was no superior status for these underrated trees. But alder trees, we now know, have some special qualities indeed. For a start, they can grow in excessively wet places. Alders seed themselves readily in heavy, clay-filled soils, the kind that Patrick Kavanagh would write about, where most things struggle to survive. But not our alder. These are trees who can thrive in permanently soggy corners and forgotten hillsides where the ground will be sure to gobble up your wellies. Alder flourish in the forgotten oxbow bends of former river channels in swampy ground where water no longer flows but saturates nonetheless, where water mint clambers and yellow flag irises prosper. Alder can make themselves perfectly at home in the liminal spaces along lake edges where water laps around their legs and carries the reflection of their lichen-clad bark, ripples masking the meniscus between lake water and laden sky. The cleverness of alder that makes this watery existence possible is a well-engineered system of tiny breathing tubes that work a little like a snorkel. The bark on the lower trunk is pocketed with these air ducts, so alder roots can draw down air from above. Through evolution, they have found a way to override the need of absorbing oxygen directly from the soil. And alder have another special superpower too, a method for acquiring nitrogen that is rare among trees. Nitrogen is an essential building block of protein, enzymes and DNA, crucial components of every living organism. Nitrogen is abundant in our atmosphere, even more so than oxygen. But in this gaseous form, it's not much use to most living things. The molecules are too tightly bound together to be readily broken apart. There are some species of bacteria, however, that have cracked the code and evolved the ability to cleave nitrogen atoms from the air. Alder trees have cleverly learned to provide little nodules all along their roots 
to house these nitrogen-busting bacteria. The bacteria extract nitrogen atoms from the air and convert them into a form that these trees can actually absorb, compounds of ammonium and nitrate. In return for the nitrogen compounds made available by these bacteria, alder trees supply their microscopic residents with sugars produced through photosynthesis. This is a system of give and take, a happy symbiosis, an alliance that allows alder to thrive even when soil nutrients are in short supply. And alder is not the only beneficiary of this reciprocal relationship. Heavy, soggy, clay-lined fields can be transformed where alder seeds itself, helping to dry the soil and offering up welcome nutrients where needed. And where alder grows in a woodland, mingling with oak and willow, holly and pine, the bounty is shared out among their peers, offered up to the other trees in the neighbourhood. These other trees don't have the same relationship with nitrogen-fixing bacteria, so nitrogen can be difficult for them to access. Alder generously distributes the nitrogen compounds through underground networks made up of fungal filaments called mycorrhiza. So when we next see alder trees, we might give them a little more credit for their ingenuity. And when we next go walking in the woods, admiring the majestic canopy of a mighty oak or the bright red berries of a holly tree, we might remember that they too could be nourished by the clever tactics of alder trees, quietly reaching out underground, offering up a bounty of extra nutrients by working together with beneficial bacteria and symbiotic mycorrhiza. These are the kind of systems that we humans might do well to emulate, sharing generously with all manner of species, large and small, mighty and innocuous, and thriving as a result as part of a mutually beneficial community of life.